You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! I got Zach Blair on the on the line here uh, from Rise Against and the Draculas, and he wants to talk to you guys about the new Draculas record that came out last Friday. So take it away, Zach. How's it going, Dewey? Thank you so much for having me oh, again. Um, the show is great, and uh, I just appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, so um, in the midst of all this craziness, uh, we're just trying, just trying to stay productive, turn this into a positive thing. Um, uh, and the Dracula's record, it's um, my project with Mike Weeby from the Riverboat Gamblers, uh, one of my closest friends here in Austin, Texas, that we've been working on for quite some time now. We have a few releases, but we have a new record that's out. It's called Terminal Amusements, and it's on Dime Alone Records, and it came out last Friday, and I couldn't be more proud of it. So please, if you, you know, you go anywhere that you get your music and check it out. We also have Pink Vinyl that you can get from the uh, Dine Alone website and merchandise and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, and once, you know, everybody gets to go ahead to get the fuck out of their houses, uh, the band will be touring and working and doing a whole lot of stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more excited about it. Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much. And, and we're going to have Mike on the show as well, and we'll, we'll dig more into the Dracula's record and the Dracula's as a whole. But... Uh, yeah, dude, I, I, absolute friend of the show, and, and thanks for the kind words, too. So definitely go check out the Dracula's Absolutely. new record on Spotify and hit up Dynalone for that vinyl. Thank you so much, Dewey. Right on, brother. 
What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing more great content week after week. This week, we have an interesting crossover episode between my buddy Chris and I's podcasts. So Chris hosts the uh, That One Time on Tour podcast, and I host Peer Pleasure, as you know. And he flew out to Oregon before all this COVID-19 stuff came out. Uh, it was still just kind of on the cusp, and he flew out to Oregon to visit some family, and we got together at the house here and headed out to the garage and did a, uh, a cool little crossover episode where we just had a conversation between the two of us. No one was really leading. It was just kind of a see-where-it-goes kind of thing, like usual, and I think it came out pretty good. So check out that One Time on Tour podcast uh, if you haven't yet, or maybe when you finish this episode, you'll know more about Chris if you don't already. But Chris was a guitar player in the Ataris. And a bunch of other bands, um, and he started his podcast a little bit after I did, and we've been kind of throwing ideas and and uh, things back and forth to each other, so it was pretty cool. So uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, let's get some business out of the way before we jump in. Uh, PeerPleasurePodcast.com is the website. Uh, PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me. Um, you know, I answer all my mail. Shoot me something, uh, guest suggestions, you know, any of that stuff. Um, and I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. Uh, sponsors, we have Liquid Death. LiquidDeath.com is the uh, website. They are a water company. They can water. Uh, I think a lot of you guys have been to Warp Tour. You've had the Monster Tour water. Kind of along the same lines, but much better. And uh, so check out LiquidDeath.com. Uh, they sent some cases over to the show, and they've been delicious. There's just a regular water, and then there's sparkling water. Um, I know they sponsor Chris's show as well. They've done a bunch of stuff with Fat Records, and uh, you'll see that on Instagram. I think they're doing some stuff where if you buy uh, using a code, the bands that they're sponsoring will get half the proceeds during this time. So I know everyone's having a rough time being at home and, and uh, being quarantined, but I think it gives us all a good chance to think about things and see what's actually important, who's essential. Um, you know, we're all essential, but seeing what jobs some people kind of shit on uh, that are really saving the day right now. So I think it's going to uh, it's gonna bring forth a, a little restructuring, I think, once this is all over. So keep your head up, uh, stay healthy, stay home, uh, and we'll get through this, guys. So uh, once again, thank you so much for coming back week after week. Let's get into my episode with Chris Swinney from that one time on tour. Nobody on the road, nobody on the beach 
Awesome. I'm sitting in Dewey Halpas's garage in Portland, Oregon. Welcome home. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different of an episode. Uh, I'm on vacation in Oregon. Dewey and I were able to <clears throat> get together. Podcasters unite. Mm-hmm. Jabberjaw Media <laughs> network mates <laughs> hanging out on the couch. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Dewey, what's going on, man? Dude, I am. I I have never recorded at my house ever. That's awesome. Um, I, I mean, I do the intro outros here. Yeah, but especially in the garage, it's actually warm in here now. It was uh, usually bone chillingly cold. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, we put some carpet down uh, the other day in here, and it sounds pretty nice. I know we're going to hear some dogs barking probably, but yeah, that's all yeah, part of it. We're man. in a tight neighborhood, but uh, yeah, stoked to see you, man. Well, I'd also like to give a shout out to Mark Cleaver. He is my my buddy who's been driving me around Oregon. So uh, say hello to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> Mark was really cool. Like uh, I am on my, one of my last episodes, I talked to Josh from The Beautiful Mistake and I said, hey, I'm going to be in Corvallis. And he's the one person in Corvallis that actually listens to my show. So thank you, Mark, very much for being my chauffeur and my tour guide while I'm out here. <laughs> but so Dewey, uh, I would like to know, you know, we've known each other for a while now, uh, kind of been intermingled between the podcasts and helping each other out and everything. Mm-hmm. How did you decide that podcasting was a thing that you wanted to get into? Uh, well, it was, ju- it was literally just a conversation, uh, I had with my wife where I, I was saying I wanted to be creative still and I wasn't going to tour, but I know a lot of people and, and wanted to just stay connected. Yeah. So I was like, I've been listening to these like podcast things at work cause I had the podcast app on my phone. What and- was some of the first ones that you actually checked out? Well, ironically it was the Chris Rowe episode with, uh, Mike Herrera. Oh, okay. And I don't remember how I found it. It may have been Facebook or something yeah. that he posted. He was doing a podcast. I was like, what the hell's a podcast? So I'll go check it out. And we were doing finish work in this uh, high rise. And so everyone had their own little cart going from room to room. And you could have music at that point. Most construction sites, you can't when it's like crazy busy because someone's going to get hurt and you're not yeah. going to be able to hear it. So, um, yeah, put that on. I was like, I could do this like this did you have any like experience as far as like i worked in radio in college Mm -hmm. so i knew that i could do like the did you know you could win a free grill sign up for the three wo digital (laughs) i didn't want to do that voice but i had some experience doing radio so to me it felt sort of natural sure did you feel like it was kind of weird at the beginning no no i my dad did radio for a little while um Talking to people is a natural thing for me. Yeah. Like I, people always say like in school, he talks too much, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> He's distracting other class members, people at work, like he talks too much. Like, um, it's just something I can, could do, you know, and it's something I used to do on tour. Yeah. I would go hang out in a bus for the air conditioning, but have a conversation with who I was with, you know, like warp tour in a van. You wish you would have so, recorded some of those. Yeah. <laughs> but it's too. funny because the guys in the band were always like, why are you just fanboying out all over the place? And I'm like, Cause I'm a fan of these people. Yeah. Like I'm now in the the zone. I'm going to take advantage of this and meet everybody I can. And now when I have the show, they're like, how the hell did you get so-and-so? You remember when I was hanging in the bar? Like, yeah. Networking, that's how it man. Networking. Yeah. Yeah. They tried to play it cool and let the people come to them. 
I, I was, was never like, like that. that. Yeah. I, I always, that's how I get some people too. Cause when I was on tour, I would, I made it a point to at least, I tried not to fanboy out. I did. And anybody listening to this knows that I fanboy out on the show even. Yeah. But yeah, you have to, I wouldn't even call it networking, but if I'm in that situation and I'm meeting my heroes, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I take the time to try to insert myself into their life <laughs> at some place? <laughs> It sounds so perverse. It does, but it's, you know. I am going to enter your life, <laughs> whether you like it or not. So, you know, the running joke on my show with a lot of my listeners is that I am a fanboy when I get people on the show like Chris from Propaganda or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great conversation, but I also let them know <laughs> that I am a huge fan. Yeah. Have there been some people that you've interviewed that you not only have been a little like, you know, freaked out, well, I'm talking to this person, but mm-hmm. are there interviews where you feel like you did fanboy out more? Cause when I listen to your show, I feel like you're a little more calm and collected than I am. Yeah. When I, when I talk. Well, that's because I, to deal with the anxiety, I try to strip people down to their basic roots to make them real. Yeah. Cause then the anxiety goes away. That first, like I'll have, I have anxiety on every guest. Like I, before because i like i want to be good but like we were talking about at lunch like what's the worst that can happen you don't put it out yeah no one knows and i've only had it i've only had a couple that i haven't put out and those have just been people that i could tell the publicist or whoever wanted them to Mm -hmm. do it they did it but they didn't want to hang out they didn't want to talk and i could tell that i'm like ah screw you man we're done you know yeah have you had that happen once, but it was it was weird too because we set it up and it was and I, I talk about this all the time because it's literally the only time it's happened. Yeah, which makes me feel a lot better about things. But it was like, hey man, do you want to do this podcast I'm starting? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, we've been buddies from studios and stuff down in LA, and and uh, comes on, we set up, and anything I asked, and that's when I was still asking questions. Like I had a list of questions, I was kind of figuring it out, and I'd ask him a question, he'd be like, well, yeah, like. Instead of expounding upon it, he would just be like, well, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Well, exactly. Or it was like, "Okay." So I'm struggling through this, and after about 20 minutes, I was like, "Okay, well." Uh, and I put it out. Still, it's yeah. out there. I'll let people figure out what episode it is, but <laughs> it's a short one, and it was from a long time ago. So it's um, the Johnny Five episode. There's some there's some dreadlocks maybe in oh, on the picture and a guitar dreadlocks. But uh, I think I know who it is. Yeah, I think you do as well. But, uh, yeah, you'll hear it. I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's call it good. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was never interviewed a ton myself. Yeah. Even touring, like we do interviews and then I wouldn't say a whole lot because it wasn't normally something I was necessarily into. Like I went back and watched some from when you were in the Ataris and you looked really uninterested <laughs> in some of those interviews. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, cool. And, but the interviews were like, Tell me how the tour is going. Tell me yeah. about this. And it's just like, see, I, uh, I, I just le- want to eat dinner. I lead off with some stuff like that sometimes, but I don't make that the focus. Sure. Like, of course, I want to know how's the tour. It's it's like an icebreaker, but then you do interviews where that's the interview. Yeah. Like, and some, some of those interviews that you're talking about, which they're all on YouTube. If anybody wants to check it out, just do. There's some really good ones. <laughs> well, it's like, there's one interview where Brian, my old bass player and I, we actually talked about it, which was fun. We interviewed the kid that was interviewing us. We uh-huh. kind of flipped it on him. Yeah. But then there's some interviews where I'm just like, yeah, the guy, the guy treats you like, oh, well, you're not Chris Rose. So I'm going to ask you dumbass questions. I'm like, yeah. dude, I can be a prick. 
Like, and I will be a prick to you. There was one guy that said something about like, he wanted to see me naked, like Blink-182. And he was like trying to make a joke. And I was just like, man, I'm going to kick your ass, dude. Like, <laughs> just shut up. Like, dude. ask me the dumb question you came to ask and then yeah. leave. But See, I go the opposite way and I would try to make it really fucking weird. And I'll try to get inside their head and, yeah. and dismantle them from the inside. Well, I mean, being in a band where the only person in the band that they want to talk to is the front man and the front man hates doing interviews. So he always Been says, there, bro. go do an interview. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah, I'll go do an interview because I want to be that guy. But yeah. when all the questions are about the other guy, you start to get like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> what know. was it like when Chris Rowe was handing out demo tapes to everyone? Well, I wasn't there, so I don't well, know. Well, yeah, and I was like the fifth guitarist. Yeah. So, like, they'd ask me questions about when Chris got signed by Joe from the Vandals, when he handed, like, dude, I've heard the story as many times as you have, but I was fucking going to high school. Like, I, yeah. I don't know what happened back then. <laughs> yeah that's yeah john never used to uh order at restaurants like mcdonald's he'd have to have zach order for him but then everyone wants to talk to him because he's writing everything you yeah. know and that's the thing too like um i have like with coheed coheed for example this is nothing against anybody in coheed but like talking with josh Eppard from coheed yeah one of the most interesting interviews i've ever had in my life that was a great episode of course everyone goes wanting claudio claudio doesn't like doing interviews and he has very little to say and Josh will tell you the first thing. Like, he's like, Claude does not like doing interviews. Yeah. But everyone wants to talk to him because he's kind of that creative force. A lot of times, that's not the most interesting person. No. And I am so glad that I interviewed Josh instead of Claudio because Josh had stuff to say. And we yeah. had fun. It wasn't like trying to just pull out all these you little know, one-liners from somebody who happens to be creative in one medium, you know. Uh, that doesn't want to talk like don't talk then fine I'll do someone else well that's why like you know you had Josh I had Travis mm -hmm. on my show and Travis and I go way back I go way back with a lot of those guys even Claudio yeah but I knew in my mind like I might hit up Claudio in the future who knows mm -hmm. but I knew that and I you had just had Josh yeah <laughs> so I didn't hit up Josh <laughs> I was like Travis is a funny guy he's got he's stories hilarious. for days yeah so I was like who would you rather hear on a pot I mean I love Claudio don't get me wrong and I think mm -hmm. he's a genius but Travis had so many stories and that's why I kind of went that route and I understand what you're saying like Chris Rowe has been on my show I love him he's one of my good friends yeah and I understand when someone like is at Warp Tour and they want to talk to the Ataris, they don't want to talk to me, mm -hmm. but they get me. So if you get me, maybe don't ask me 90 questions about Chris Rowe. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's Shout the out thing. to Chris Rowe. He listens all the time. So. Oh, yeah. Him and I have been in touch, too. He was, uh, was going to come on before he went to Europe, I think, and then it yeah. didn't work out. I don't know. We'll connect at some point. Yeah. That's one thing I've learned from podcasting is – it, there's a list of people you want to get there are yeah if you look at say you get that whole list and say you've done 150 episodes there's 10 people on that list you look back at all your episodes and say you got all 10 of them most likely none of them are going to be on your top list yeah totally. they don't stay on that top list it's like i would love to talk to this person because they had this huge influence over what i've been doing or whatever but they may not be the most interesting people in the world it's just like oh man that's a huge get yeah, they, they write great music, but maybe they're not the best conversationalist, you know, yeah. and maybe or, this person from down the road is. And you know, as well as I do, that you have that list of people you want mm -hmm. and maybe you have correspondence with them. 
And they, if they say no, or if it doesn't work out, it normally does down the road at some point. Like mm -hmm. when I was first getting into this and someone would say yes, but then we'd reschedule, I'd be freaked out. Like, Oh, I'm not going to get them ever again. But it mm -hmm. always seems like if you just consistently put out episodes that people you wanted, they end up coming to you eventually, or it works out eventually, even yeah. with us hanging out today, we mm -hmm. didn't think it was going to happen. And it happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Especially like weekends for me are, are a nightmare just because there's so much going on usually. Yeah. Um, and I've been so busy the last few that I've really been not neglecting my children, but I haven't been here. Like yeah. last weekend I had a four day weekend and I was gone every single night with a different thing, whether it was a podcast or a show or both. Um, and uh, yeah, Dan, Dan Sanchez and I did an episode the other night from EcoVision. Okay. And he doesn't do interviews. Wow. This is like his first deal. He's like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with you. And I was like, man, I appreciate that. Went to his hotel. We did our thing. Because last time he was in town, we went and talked for like three hours. We didn't record it because it was all a lot of insider stuff. Um, But we were talking about like, I'm glad it happened now. Yeah. You know, like I reached out to him two years ago. And he's like, yeah, it's not really my thing, but I'll let you know if something changes. I've had a lot of people like less that. less to talk about yeah. back then. You know, I'm glad. It's like a force. Like you want it so bad. You're like. Fuck, I want to talk to, you know, James Hetfield from Metallica. Fuck yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, uh, he has to cancel. Okay, great. Three years go by. Hey, you want to do that podcast still? Man, I'm glad it's happening now. You know, it's like yeah. this forced uh, patience because you don't have it. You know, you want it now. And, but then you think about why do you want it now? What do, you, what, what do I get from uh, having James Hetfield on my podcast? Yeah, it's cool. But what's the difference between having my neighbor, Andrew, on the podcast? Yeah. He's done some cool shit. Like, what is it about it that, yes, James is a great musician and very influential. But why do I care if he's if I want to spend, you know, an hour talking? Why do I care what he has to say? Yeah. I like his music. Do I care what he has to say? I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, it's it's just this weird thing that podcasting is so huge now. I still don't understand why. Like it's still it, and I like listening to them, and I love doing it. It seems like I mean I understand the the conversational aspect of it and being a fly on the wall, but it also with technology going the way that it's going and and everything becoming video oriented or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like it's weird that this kind of like DIY talk radio thing has become as big as it has. Yeah, but I love talk radio. One of the things I didn't like about it was how political it was, whether you lean left or right or whatever. It just seemed like it was always skewed, even if it was an entertainment-based talk radio show. Mm -hmm. And with podcasting, that can kind of become the norm as well. But I tend to keep my politics out, and I don't really... Like when uh, Chris Number 2 from Anti-Flag was on, mm -hmm. of course there was some political talk, because that's kind of... you know We talked about other stuff as well, but yeah. they're a political band. That's kind of their M.O., but I try to not have my show go down that path just because a lot of people that listen to the show have different ideas mm -hmm. and I don't want them to think, Oh, I'm not going to listen to that because they're left or they're right. You know? So, sure. But that's one of the reasons why I talk radio. I loved it, but it didn't speak to me because I got sick of the ads. I got sick of the, that's the hundred percent for me, the yeah. commercials. I fucking hate the commercials. They're constant. And now they have the talk radio host do the reads live. Yeah. So you don't even know you're listening to a commercial. You think they're expounding on a on a subject, and it's like, wait a minute, was Susie's organic mustard? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? So I stopped listening to it, and uh, 
I yeah, I had Chris number two on as well, and we went dark. Like we went yeah. deep. I've listened to that shit episode that yeah. I don't talk about on the show, which is like personal family shit. But there was so many similarities. I was like, I have to mention this. Yeah. Like we connected on so many different levels. And you the, had Justin on as well, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's twice. Wasn't he on twice? No, just once. Okay. He'll be back on in May when they come through town. Okay, cool. We text back and forth now still. He's he's an awesome dude. Um, but uh, yeah, for for uh, politics wise on a show, like I don't talk about it much on mine either. But the reason I don't I don't I I don't agree with how separated everything's become. Yeah. Because now it's I fucking hate you because you voted for Trump. Yeah. You're an idiot because you voted for Trump. No. I hate that. Like before, when I was growing up, I didn't know much about politics. I didn't either. But I don't ever see my saw my parents fighting with people over who they voted for or people, you know. Democrats and Republicans used to, to be able to go out to eat and be friends yeah, and it didn't but matter. But now it's separate. Like, yeah. there's a, fuck you. I'm not voting for that person. They're, they're a Democrat. Yeah. What the fuck does that matter? Like, you probably agree with some stuff. Like, yeah. But it, the fact that like Facebook and stuff, like people will delete their friends because yeah. of stuff and people will like go off for 12 different comments. That's what I hate. I don't, I mean, there's things I disagree with politically, but I leave it out of my show for that reason alone is it polarizes people. I want people to feel comfortable. I want my show to be inclusive. inclusive. Yeah. I want my show to be like, you know, okay, you, you just had Zach from uh, Avenged Sevenfold. No, uh, Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Krause, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Zach. Who's Zach? John Seward. We won't use the stage name. <laughs> John, Johnny Christ. Johnny yeah. Christ. But see, the thing is, Avenged Sevenfold, I've been listening to them since the first Hopeless release, mm-hmm. when it was more hardcore punk, whatever. Yeah. And then they became this big metal rock, whatever they are now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends at home in Indiana that don't listen to punk rock they like them now, but they put them in with like Motley Crue or whoever. Yeah. And these guys are, you know, fairly right leaning people. So for me, it's like that band probably has a lot of fans that are of that ilk of the, the right leaning people. Oh, absolutely. So if you have him on a show, whether his politics are left or yours are left or whatever, and then that comes up. I want the people that like that band, no matter if they voted for Trump or who they voted for, to be able to enjoy the show and listen. Sure. So that's, I mean, we have the same idea on that because yeah. everyone has their own political ideas. I think you and I are probably fairly similar in ours. Yeah. Uh, but, and we both come from areas where we probably would be the black sheep. Yeah. Being Alaska, Indiana. I'm sure those Absolutely. are fairly similar. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, I mean, cause you probably have friends on Facebook from high school that you look at their shit and you're like, what the hell are you doing? I have ex-girlfriends on Facebook that are like staunch Republican. Yeah. Like I will delete you if you say anything about what I'm like, really? Do you so ever like someone, when I say ex-girlfriends, it's not like a, I don't mean it that way. I mean, it's someone I knew intimately yeah. for a long time that I'm now shocked at some of the things that they value now. Yeah. Which is, and which isn't my place to talk about either because, but it's just weird to see it. Like I'll delete you if you, you know, it's like, well, something changed. I would like to ask about, I mean, get a little political, I guess, because it's like what I've noticed growing up and this isn't like a, a slam to any of my friends or anything, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's from touring or because we're creators or what, but, I grew up in a small town, very conservative, very right-leaning. Mm-hmm. As a youth, 
I was into punk rock and fuck authority, fuck the government, like all this stuff. Yeah. And I kind of, <clears throat> I've never lost that, that part, mm -hmm. even though now I'm older and I know that you shouldn't, you know, break the law and do, sure. and do whatever, but I still have my ideals of I'm not right. I'm not really left. I'm just kind of, I don't like any of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But all of my friends from high school or not all of them, I won't say that, but a majority of the people from high school that were like me in high school have now kind of changed, like you were saying, mm -hmm. and they have different values systems. And it seems like a lot of them have gone over to the right, become more conservative, more Christian, which is totally fine for them. And like I said, no slam to them, but I want to know is the reason I am the way that I am. And I mm -hmm. dress like I did in eighth grade <laughs> and, and I, I still, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've yeah. got a, I've got a band shirt on. Like yeah. I've, I've the same shout things. out Baroness. Yeah. Shout out Baroness. I, I just, I don't see the disconnect where if, is it because I was on tour for most of my life and developmentally I stopped when I started touring mm -hmm. or was it, I mean, why am I different? And 90% of my friends that used to be like me are now the opposite of what they are. Well, I mean, the things that I think about when, when, when I think about that subject is how many of those friends have been in another country and been yeah. the only person that doesn't speak the language trying to buy something at a store, trying to find a restroom and been looked at like you're the fucking idiot who didn't want to learn the language. And even if they do speak it, they're not going to and they're going to fuck with you. Having that feeling in your stomach and knowing what that feels like, I would absolutely never in my life look at someone who comes up to me and is when I was working in retail and it was having a hard time speaking English, looking for something. Yeah. They're like, come on, asshole. Like, why don't you learn the language? I know what that feels like. And I can now empathize with that. You know what I mean? I experienced that. Yeah. Seeing poverty, extreme poverty, seeing how other people are living elsewhere, seeing a country that guns are illegal and yeah. everyone's fucking fine and happy. You know, um, a lot of my friends that are in that boat have not seen the things I've seen. That being said, also being on tour does put you on freeze. It like does. it puts you on freeze developmentally. I feel like I'm still 23. Yeah. You have a life where you don't have to grow up. I've never had an actual job job. Yeah. Like you my only responsible for anything. My only real like salary job where I felt like I had to like be on and do work for other people other than delivering pizzas when mm -hmm. I was in high school mm -hmm. was a corporate entertainment job. Like I, even now I'm teaching guitar. I was, I was on tour. Like I feel like at some point my brain just said, nah, you're not an adult. You're just going to be this for the rest of your life. And I feel like maybe that's why of course traveling and, and being cultured and whatever is probably yeah. a, a, an element of it as well. But I don't know, man, because I've got so many of my friends. I still love my friends, and I talk to them all the time, and I, I hang out with them. But we have such conflicting ideals mm -hmm. on the world. Yeah. And I don't understand where they lost their their punk rockness or whatever <laughs> you want to call it, you know? like They were never tested. Yeah. Their punk their punkness was never tested. Yeah. They never went out on their, uh, you know— what I talk about this too on my show, like, uh, like the, the leaving for Europe for tour with 20 bucks in my pocket, <laughs> maybe it was 30 bucks. I've heard that story and a coming lot. Back yeah. yeah. With about the same amount. 
but I was going halfway across the world. Yeah. No idea what's going to happen, but you find out what you're made of. You find out, you find out so much about yourself and your, your, uh, values are tested. Your, your ideas are tested on the road. You know, can I really just be nice to people and things happen for you? Yes, you can. You know, when I didn't have five bucks for a Waffle House breakfast or whatever, but hey, we were really nice to the waitress and she, she, you know, comped us or whatever, you know, just the, the best advice I ever got was just to be nice to people, treat everyone nicely and see where that gets you. My buddy, Aaron Edge, like still to this day, I told him on my show that I still carry that with me, you know, but that, that got us so far where we weren't. It didn't matter if that waitress voted for Trump. Yeah. I mean, who fucking cares? Like it's it's crazy how we classify people like that. Like that's yeah. you're a Trump supporter. You voted for whoever. That's who you are. No, you're a father. You're a you know so many other things. You just I asked a guy at work the other day because uh, I work in plumbing. So like we have a lot of Trump supporters that yeah. work for it, and they are proud. Like I will fit financially support him, whatever he needs, you know, to keep these people out of whatever. Like it's really weird to be who I am in where I am. Um, but I actually asked them, I'm like, do you really just like Trump or do you like the idea of Trump? What does it for? And they're like, well, I guess it's more the idea of Trump. So it's not like you're a fan of him. Like you watched every episode of the apprentice, you know, you know, everything about this. You're a fan of what he represents. Yeah. And then that kind of cleared things up too. I was like, okay, well I can see that. Okay. Now we can move forward. Like it's also weird to me that you live in Portland and you found found this found this found this microcosm of people that dude construction. <laughs> there was a dude who actually wore a Trump hoodie, Trump twenty twenty yeah. hoodie to work. That inspired some some people as well. Like, cause there's I mean, there's a few people out there that are pretty outspoken about it. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP 
slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, So there's a bunch of those on there. So so so-and-so and and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, It's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. I would but think I if like, he wore that in like Portland, people would probably yeah. give him a lot of shit. Yeah.
That's the one spot he could probably wear it was on that construction site. Well, and I'll tell you, just being in Oregon for the last week, I mean, down south, Corvallis, Salem, kind of Eugene area, mm-hmm. going into a gas station to buy cigarettes. And normally in Indiana, people see me and my tattoos and they like clinch their purse. Mm-hmm. And the 70 year old woman that checked me out of the gas station yesterday, like your tattoos are beautiful. Like, yeah, it seems like everyone's way more chill maybe more accepting out here, which I really like. Yeah, it's I mean, interesting. There's also the joke about merging lanes, how it takes a mile to merge in Oregon. <laughs> I just kind of into there instead of L.A. or Seattle. Yeah. It's like, pew, 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 Well, I, I had a guy I went to, uh, Mark took me to a store the other day. It was closed, but then I went back, this uh, music store in Corvallis, and he was the owner was talking to me, and he was like, you know, since marijuana has been legalized, mm-hmm that the people drive slower. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> He's like, everybody used to drive slow, but it was at least manageable. He's like, now mm-hmm. it takes you an hour to turn right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel like an asshole. If you spend any time in Seattle driving and then you come back here, or like I'll drive to Seattle for the weekend and come back, I feel like an asshole, just like swerving in yeah. and out of people. Like, what are you doing? Get out of my way. So you were talking about being kind to people. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a tangent, but I have an actual like aha kind of big moment that made me realize I was a prick on tour, not to people that like the band, but yeah. just in general, I'm, I sort of have more of an East coast attitude. If you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I do. And, uh, we were on tour one time. I think this was the Ataris. It could have been another band. It, it's blurry for me, but we were driving home from a tour date at the end of a tour. It was a really long drive. The whole tour, homeless people and bums had been accosting me and asking me for smokes mm-hmm. and asking me for money and nothing against that, but it just, it seemed like I'd been on the road a lot and that tour, it was the bum tour. It was like, no matter where I went, they seeked me out and wanted to talk to me and wanted money or wanted something. And it, we'd been driving for about 20 hours. It was probably five in the morning and we stopped in Cincinnati to get gas and we were almost home. And uh, I was smoking a cigarette with Brian, my bass player. And <laughs> this guy walks over and I wasn't really looking at this guy, but I could see if, you know, you'd feel somebody coming towards you. Mm-hmm. He's coming towards me and he goes, Hey, and I went, no, you can't have a fucking cigarette. Oh, Jesus Christ. And he goes, and then I, and then after I said that, I kind of looked at him and he has a three piece suit on Mm -hmm. and he goes, I just wanted to borrow your Jack. I got a flat tire. Mm -hmm. And I felt like an asshole. And of course I went and grabbed the Jack. I even helped him change the tire. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on your idea of being kind entered into how, cause I mean, like I said, if people wanted autographs or like the band, I was always the most hospitable, nicest guy in the world, but other people that maybe weren't involved with the tour, I was kind of a prick. Yeah. And ever since that day, cause I, I, I know that that guy, he just needed help. Mm-hmm. And of course I help people. It was just, I was so burnt out on people asking me for stuff on that tour that I just snapped judgment was a total asshole to him. And it made me rethink my entire way of being mm-hmm. with people. So I totally understand where you're coming from from that. And I changed. I'm I 180, man. Yeah. I was different. You well, know? We all have we all have moments like that. You know, that's one thing where, I mean. That Herrera was, af- that was after too. I knocked out the crust punk in Saskatoon for pissing on my trailer. So. Nice. 
<laughs> we, <laughs> we we had some funny trailer stories. Um, oh my god! But we but we'd have guys like try to park our van. You know, they probably pull up to the shelter in Detroit, right? And and there'd be three dudes trying to help us park our van. Yeah. And then they, of course they wanted a shirt or something. They don't want money. They just know you're a band. Like, dude, can I have a shirt? Fuck yeah, you can have a shirt. <laughs> like, who cares? You know, one thing touring really does for you is teaches you how to uh, empathize with someone who's homeless yeah. because you are homeless. You're de- technically you're homeless. living in your van. Maybe they have that whole van to themselves. You don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have fucking six guys in there. It's even more fucking crazy. But um, that's one thing I always empathize that way. And I would have moments where, like now, I'll get off work and I'm fucking tired. And someone will hit me up for money. I was like, oh, man, do you have any changes? One time I was like, do you? (laughs) I just worked fucking 60 hours this week and I have three fucking kids. They would love an extra buck 50 if you have it. Yeah. What would you do today? You know, but then I'm like, fuck, man, maybe that guy can't work. Maybe he can't, you know, not everyone has the same opportunities. Well, you know, I, and not, not everyone will seize those opportunities. Well, see, and I, I have a lot different perspective on that now because I remember being on tour uh, in like San Francisco and going to like the pier, my Monterey and all that. And you mm-hmm. walk down and you see people that are like playing guitar or whatever. And they have their signs like, you know, don't let me and my dog starve. I, I, I remember there was this guy who had like a $900 Persian cat. And his sign was like, don't let me and my cat starve. And I'm like, sell your fucking cat. Yeah. <laughs> but then that was before I had my epiphany and I became a nicer person, yeah. you know? That cat might be all he has. Yeah, it's like know? if you've got like a, a, the cat my mom has wanted her whole life but couldn't afford and you're homeless, maybe yeah. you shouldn't have the $900 cat. But I don't know his situation. Yeah. I don't know his story. That's the know? thing. Don't, don't, you don't know anyone's, you, you don't know the burden they're carrying. Yes. You have no idea. And that's why I'm sure random murders happen and everything else because someone's ready to fucking snap. You know, it's like those guys that what's the what's the cliche that guys say to women all the time? Smile. Or, you know, <laughs> smile. You smile, you know, and they fucking hate that because it's offensive, you know, yeah. like just. Like, but, you know, you never know what someone's carrying, you know, you never, you never know. Do and you so, feel like through the podcast you've become more empathetic with people? Because of hearing yeah. different stories and whatnot, absolutely. I think I've I've expanded or expounded upon my initial, you know, philosophy. I learn I learn something new every podcast, pretty much, yeah. uh, if not a couple things, and I leave it inspired. So if I go into it with anxiety and nerves and like fuck, like what what am I going to talk about? Because I don't go into them prepared. Like I just I just go and. uh so like, what if I run out of something to talk about? What if I just have a brain fart and, and, or what if they say something profound and I don't catch it? Yeah. That's or happened, my that's happened to me weird, before. Like, oh yeah, cool. And then well, I was just talking about, you know, like, <laughs> uh, are they going to call me out on it? That kind of stuff. But like, um, yeah, I learned something and I'm inspired by every single episode, even just a little bit, some more than others. But, uh, yeah, I, I it really helps talking to people just having a conversation with another adult um you know bouncing ideas off each other coming with ideas of new things on on the podcast i you know i feel like before i started podcasting my conversations with anyone other than my wife were very limited mm-hmm. and now i feel like i feel like the podcast is not only made me more empathetic and, and, and meeting these people and hearing their stories, like you said. Yeah. But I also now tend to call people more. 
mm-hmm. not just shoot a text. Yeah. Like it, it almost like feels like I should be talking and, and Mark, and I want to bring him into the conversation too. The other night. Okay. So Mark hit me up, told me that he liked the show and that we should hang out. I needed some, I needed a friend in Corvallis. Mm-hmm. So when we hung out the other night, we had a wonderful conversation. I don't think we ever stopped talking. And the whole time I felt weird, like I should be recording this because <laughs> this is really good stuff. Like we yeah. were just talking about bands and talking mm-hmm. about everything. And I have that feeling sometimes, which I don't think is normal. Mm-hmm. Like when I'll just be talking to somebody at work and it'll be a really good conversation. I'm like, should I get my phone out and like hit the voice memo? <laughs> it's kind of like hoarding. Yeah. It's hoarding, hoarding intellectual property. Like it's, it's yeah. Like you're collecting. Well, and it's, I wanted to, weird. I wanted to ask you because I think you tend to backstock a little more than I do, or at least you did. <laughs> I did yeah, to, to that blast. I want I want to hear about the blast because you did like an episode every day for two weeks, at least on the weekdays. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Monday through Friday, like work week style. I had so many banked. I was, so I, I like, I like the hunt. I like getting guests, you know, getting people to say yes, you know, and getting them to come on and then. I love it when they have a good time. Yeah. And I love it when they introduce me to other people. That's what's been happening a lot lately as a past guest is like, here's like six other people you should talk to. And I could connect you with any of them. And I'm like, okay. Didn't uh, Finch, uh, what's the guy from Finch? Randy. Randy hooked you up with a lot of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he listens to the show and I told him, you can come on anytime. He's like, dude, I do not want to have a conversation recorded because I will go some weird (laughs) spot, which I respect because he's a, he's a weird dude. And I, I've always appreciated that about him like he, he nicknamed himself r2k like yeah. that's what he's like in my phone that it's it's r2k when i get a text so it's so funny because like getting uh uh like nate from finch right yeah, like yeah. i've been a fan of finch for a long time i reached out to his wife because she had commented on something on the on the podcast she listens to it all the time at work and so she got nate on board then randy you know of course heard it through there and and anyway but he hooked me up with a bunch of people and we throw ideas back and forth and demos and stuff and, and kind of connected that way. It's just interesting to where it, where it ends you up. But anyway, the blast, I had 21 episodes done, like ready. Were any of them time sensitive? Cause you know, as well as I do no. with some publicists, they're like, well, the album comes out in three weeks and yeah, none of them are time sensitive. Okay. And I was like, man, these are really becoming less relevant just yeah. because even though they're not time sensitive, you're talking about current events and things that happened, you know, and you're two months in and it's like, yeah. probably should put this out there. And I'm like, I keep doing this once a week. And, uh, yeah. So we just, we just decided to put out an episode every day, uh, Monday through Friday, the first two weeks of February and knock 10 of them down. Did you feel like the like consumer, like the consumption of the episodes went up down? Was it hard for most of your listeners to keep up? Like, was there a difference in numbers? No. Okay. I thought there might be a drop just because people couldn't catch up. Too much content. But, right? I mean, once a day for five days, and that gives you the weekends to catch up if you want. Yeah. And, I mean, I wasn't really concerned about that either. I was like, if people want the content, they'll listen yeah, to it. Yeah. And my other th- concern was maybe there. it was a varied group of people that were on those 10 episodes. Yeah. So I was like, maybe people won't listen to all of them because they already have the next one. Yeah. You know? But then I was like, well, who cares? Like, let them listen to what they want to listen to. I'm not like I'm forcing it upon people. I just want to make sure I'm doing right by the people that gave their time to come on, you know? And I mean, I know that maybe I look at numbers a little more than you do. I know we've talked about that. And it's not that I'm like, I got to get more numbers. I'm not like that. I just, 
I'm really weird and kind of obsessed with when I had a band, it was how many MySpace plays are we getting? You know, mm-hmm. like just that kind of stuff. When you put out that much content, I think that's wonderful because one of the biggest things with my show is that I'll put out a big guest, the episode will blow up, and then a lot of people will say, I found you through so-and-so, I've listened to all your episodes. So I have like some weeks it's just normal kind of flat, mm-hmm. whatever I'm going to get is what I'm going to get. And then some weeks I have a big guest and some of those people that like that guest like some of my other guests. So one time I looked at my numbers and for some reason I had 2,000 listens on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it was because people went back and listened to the back stock. So if you have that many episodes, I think eventually it's going to be a wonderful thing for that because it's just more yeah. content. Just I mean, because I put out an episode and then I forget about it. Mm-hmm. But when people find the podcast like me, when I find a podcast I like, I go through the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I always forget about that. Yep. It's, it's like, I, well, I did the Eddie from thrice episode two years ago, but someone just listened to that because they mm-hmm. liked whoever was on the show last week. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something that, that you probably get more downloads than I do per episode anyway. But the, the fact that I have 140 episodes or whatever, yeah. and you're almost to a hundred yeah. puts us close on the charts because yeah. the amount of plays is, is sta- not staggered, but it's more level playing field because i have more episodes but you have more downloads so yeah. it's like a i think that's what puts us so close together on the charts which is something i don't i mean i don't i rarely none of that look stuff at matters numbers, but like <laughs> it's who's listening you know like it's it's uh like matt carter put it to me you know if if you say you got 500 listens a, a week yeah which is awesome uh imagine walking out your back door and looking out and there's 500 people there and like hey tell us something say something <laughs> yeah. to us that's huge. You'd, yeah. be, you'd be shitting your pants. If that's happening every week anyway, like you're there, you know, if there's 50 people, 50 people in your backyard, that's going to look crazy. And you want to, then they want to hear you talk, you know, say you get 2000 downloads a week and 1500 of them are there because you have uh, Kurt Cobain on your podcast. Right. And 500 are there because they want to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. And they like you, those are the people you want. You don't want the 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 trans that transient's the wrong word for it, but the the tourists. Yeah, like you put out a huge episode with a huge guests, you get all these new followers on Instagram. You get that they're not going to stick around. You told me something. You told me something when I first started podcasting. When we first kind of got hooked up and mm-hmm. started talking, which I think we were discussing earlier that we probably played a show together, but yeah, our actual relationship of being friends started because of podcasting. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. But you told me something in the beginning that has stuck with me. And I think it served me pretty well is that you said you got to get people to like you as a host mm-hmm. because then it doesn't matter who's on your show. Exactly. They're going to come back week in and week out. And I don't know if I consciously did that, but what I consciously did, if you listen to the first few episodes to what's going on now is I've gotten more comfortable I've told about my family, which is something you do as well. Mm -hmm. I've talked about what's going on in my life. I've tried to become an actual, like, it's like a conduit from my life to these people that want to, and I want to know about their life as well. Yeah. And at first, when you started doing a podcast, I just felt like, well, I'm just doing this podcast and people just want to hear who is going to be on the show. Yeah. But now I get emails from people that say, like, when my daughter had surgery, I got like 40 emails from different countries from people saying, you know, I'm praying for your daughter. I'm sending good thoughts for your daughter. Yeah. That blew me away. Yeah. Because like 
they're not saying, I hope your daughter's okay because they like Lars from Rancid. Yeah. They're saying, I hope your daughter's okay because we listen to your show and we feel like we're friends. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened when my dad died. And I, I, I went on social media with that to kind of just give an update because I, I took some time off from that. And the outpouring was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, and I, my mom was furious that I was putting pictures up and stuff wow. of him in the hospital. It's like, we're, we don't put that stuff online. And I was like, look at all these messages that yeah. come from all over the world. It's support. This community you know? is great, man. Like, yeah. like I never, I never thought about that aspect of it, but when you go through something that's bad, and then you have people that you don't even know from the far reaches of the world mm -hmm. that are telling you like, Hey, I'm here for you. If you need anything, like it makes you feel better. It, it, yeah. it takes some of that stress away. Yeah. I was up in Bellevue, Washington at the hospital and, uh, there's this dude who's also in the trades and he's like, dude, I'm working on that hospital remodel right next door. Do you need like a magazine or something? Like I'll bring you, do you need a snack or something? I was like, dude, no, but thanks like yeah. th that's crazy it's like dude you're always there for a brother you know like um that's one thing like so if you if you think about it uh like joe rogan biggest podcast and this is this is a uh, an example but it's not i mean typical but when you listen to someone someone's talking about his podcast they're not like did you hear you know james hetfield on joe rogan? they said did you hear he was on joe rogan not did you hear James Hetfield on Joe yeah. Rogan? They said, did you hear who was on Joe Rogan? Because people know Joe Rogan. Yeah. It's not, did you hear James Hetfield on, uh, you know, that one time on tour? You know? Hopefully in the future. They Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but people know and like Joe. Yeah. So they listen to the show. That's why he can have whoever he wants on there. He can have Sierra Lynch from Portland here who's been selling her shit online. And when I say shit, I mean actual bags of shit and has two houses in Portland. Like she's like a fetishist uh, uh, performer. And then you can have a Harvard professor on. Yeah. And like he says, if you don't like the episode, just don't listen to it. Yeah. But he's he's the biggest thing in, in podcasting. But it's people have bought into Joe Rogan. That's the goal is to is to have that, you know. Well, I'll tell you, like, when I first started listening to podcasts and I was listening to your podcast and some other podcasts, mostly music based stuff. Mm -hmm. The thing that I really liked with yours and what resonated with me about your podcast is that you didn't, there was no, like you didn't play a character. I feel like sometimes not name calling or anything, but yeah. a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, it seems like they're putting on for the podcast. They're trying mm -hmm. to, I don't know, be the cool guy. Yeah. And I never wanted to be that. And I mean, not saying you're not cool. I do think you're cool. You're a friend of mine, <laughs> but I never got that, that, that aspect from your show. I never got that. You were trying to, you know, be the cool guy. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no point. Like what? Yeah. That's just another thing to live up to later. You know, like why put those constraints on yourself, you know, or those pressures, you know, cause if you're, if, if someone doesn't want to talk to you, they're not going to want to talk to you, you know? And if someone doesn't think they want to talk to you and you can make them not make, make them the wrong word. If you can, you know, bring them out of their shell yeah, by just being yourself, you've done it. You know, you don't have anything else to live up to, you know, that's just kind of a, seems like a basic thought. Yeah. You know, cause if you, if you boast things up or whatever, it, you're going to have to eventually 
come out with them and be like, well, I was lying or, you know, I don't have this or I don't have that. If you're just real with people and you get real back, you know, and if you don't, you're still being real with them, you know, and when it comes back and they're shown that they're not, you know, they're putting on airs or whatever, you're the one in the clear. You can go to bed at night peacefully. So the future of peer pleasure, I know you've got a lot of guests coming up. We've discussed some guests, which I'm very excited about. Do you have a bucket list of people? I did. I mean, I know like uh, myself, I've had a lot of my bucket list people have been on the show Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that's the same for you. Is that an evolving list? Mine sort of is an evolving list because as I get more people on the show, people tend to, you know, pay more attention to the show. And whereas I used to think I had a ceiling on what kind of guests I could get, that ceiling continues to rise. Mm -hmm. So my bucket list gets exponentially bigger, (laughs) you know? No, I don't have a bucket list that's evolving. I had one originally, and I've never gone back and edited that. Yeah. I haven't marked them off. I haven't, uh, I've got a lot of them. Um, but yeah, I've never, I've never done that. Like I've, I've, I've had an initial start list. So I was like, this would be awesome. Now I get people, like all, things will come up. I'm like, man, I would love to talk to that person, you know, so I'll reach out or reach out to someone that knows them or, or just hit them up, whatever. Um, but yeah, it was just that part's always evolving. Who I want to talk to? I, do I want to do just musicians? Do I want to do all comedians? Do I want to do actors? Do I want to do authors? Do I want to do, you know, um, I don't think I've been pigeonholed necessarily into just music, but if that's the case and that's where it works, I'm fine with that because music's a huge part of my life. Something I understand. Do you have goals for the show or is it just an evolving thing as far as the show is concerned? Like, is there somewhere you'd like to get to or a listener base or anything like that? Not necessarily. I, I just like doing it and I want to enjoy this still do. I want to, I want to always enjoy it. If I'm not enjoying it, I won't do it anymore. Yeah. But I'd love to get to a place where it's covering my bills and I can still work Yeah. and just put that money in the bank. That'd be awesome. I mean, but I just like the fact where I'm at now where I can kind of uh, people at work ask me like, what's, what's it like being in that life? Like, you know, touring and stuff like, man, I can go back anytime. I can go back to that life for a night. I get offers all the time. I just don't, well, not even offers to tour. Like take. I can go to a show with crazy access oh, yeah, yeah. and live that life for a yeah. night and then go home and sleep in my own bed. That's been really good for me because like I miss being on the road. I miss like that lifestyle, but I also love my kids. I love my wife and I can't imagine being on this trip has given me anxiety. Like I've never been away from my kids for more than 12 hours. Yeah. Now it's been six days and mm-hmm. I'm, I, I video chat, whatever, but it, it's been different. Yeah. But yeah, when like going to do the in-person interviews or even if I just go to a band I like that I know and I get on the guest list and I get to go backstage, like just that little bit of, kind of access yeah scratches that itch for a while and i don't worry about how it used to be you know because i miss it i totally yeah. miss it i know you miss it as well like, well yeah but i mean things like when i was a kid i mean i'm fulfilling dreams i had when i was a kid still like yeah. i mean i did music that was a dream but like just like sitting in in fat mike's room and jamming on the bass i watched him play back when i was a teenager like things like that you can't put a price on that kind of thing. And, and to other people, that means nothing. Yeah. They'd be like, who gives a shit? Like, you know, I'll be, give you 200 bucks for that base at a garage sale. It's like, you know, some people would say, I'll give you a 10 grand. To me, those are moments that are priceless to me. You know, sitting outside of Ozzy's dressing room, listening to Ozzy do vocal warmups in Mexico City 
just him and I, no one else around, something that no one gets to hear. I'll have that until I get Alzheimer's, you know, and I can't remember. But those things are worth way more than having a consistent paycheck through it, you know. And the fact that it's still not based on money and it's not yeah. based on fame or anything else keeps it real. I, f- I feel the podcasting, true. you know, at our level, I guess, and maybe even at a higher level, it is a pure medium because it's well, yeah, not, it's not because no you and I both have sponsors and we make a little bit of money off the show, but no one's given us a million dollars. I mean, mm. it's, it's like this thing that you almost have to have a passion for that you want to do. Yeah. Like I'm not doing this podcast cause it's paying my electricity. Like I'm doing this podcast cause I really enjoy doing it. And yeah. if any money comes my way, thumbs up. But if no money comes my way, thumbs up like i'm still doing the same thing well what are your goals with with that one time on tour my goal would be to uh i would like to legitimize it a little bit more Mm -hmm. to where maybe some of the bigger publicists would instead of saying maybe next time Mm -hmm. would actually because i mean there's mid-level publicists like the guests we get we get some bigger guests but then we get some of those like underground bigger guests where to you and i they're massive Mm -hmm. but to joe public nobody gives a shit yeah i would like to get to one more level up to where i could have some actors like you've had a couple big name actors Mm -hmm. i would like to have access to that i would like to have access to the next level of band up Mm -hmm. where they would actually really take it seriously as opposed to like, cause I mean, I know you've, you've worked with publicists. You've talked to people, you book people just like I do. Yeah. There is that almost like you are almost to a ceiling and then maybe you can break through that ceiling, but there is that next level of publicists that when I get a hold of them, like I was trying to go do post Malone mm-hmm. and his managers, they were super cool and emailed me back three or four times and it seemed like it was going to happen, but it also seemed like they were just being cool and they knew it wasn't going to happen. And then yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah. And I wasn't upset about that. It's fucking post Malone, you know, mm-hmm. but I want to get to a point to where I'm a little bit of a bigger player in the industry. Money doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. To just where those people will take my emails and take my phone calls and not just say, Oh, sounds good. We'll let you know. And then I never hear back from you yeah. again. Just take it a little more seriously. That's the only thing. Sure. Because yeah. in my realm and in your realm where most of the people are punk rock, hardcore, emo, metal, whatever, mm-hmm. to where maybe they didn't bust through on the national scene or they are national scene, but they're kind of that second tier, sure. like punk rock type stuff. Yeah. You and I can get pretty much whoever we want, but there is that next level where mm-hmm. we could maybe snag one of those people. Yeah. But maybe it'll take us a lot of effort to snag those people. Sure. I would like to get to where those people would be like, yeah, I've heard of your show. That's cool. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Just like everyone else is like that. But there's that level up, you know? Sure. And that's my only goal. My goal is to just continue to grow. Yeah. See, I've got like, I love it when I can send something to a publicist just out of respect that they had no idea was even happening. You know, like a lot of people I get introduced to now are from other guests. So like, like Fugazi, for example, three out of four members of Fugazi have been on the show. I've been introduced to each of them from a member of Fugazi. Yeah. They're like, okay, I'll let me introduce you to so-and-so. Let me introduce you to so-and-so. And they don't use a publicist or a manager or anything yeah. else, which is, I love. 
but other things like that. So I'll do a full episode with someone who's massive. And then out of respect, say, hey, this is coming out tomorrow to the publicist. And they're like, wait, what? I've had that too. I love that feeling because it was completely, and they went into it knowing it wasn't a publicist deal, yeah. you know, because it's a whole nother, a ball game. Have it's you had, real. have you had publicists that have told you what topics to steer away from or what topics to talk I've about? I've had publicists on the phone, on the call. I've never had that. I've had them connect me and then stay on the call. Okay. And just to make sure everything's cool. And. I respect that. I mean, yeah. they have a, a that person is paying them. I mean, to that's kind of that. why you have a publicist. Yeah, but I also have had massive people that the publicist didn't even know it was going to happen, and then I sent it to them. They're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, I thought we said no to this. Well, I didn't. I don't. You're not my boss. You're not their boss. They're paying you, and obviously, they wanted to do it, and it turned out great. I always feel like when I get a bigger guest that definitely has a publicist, mm -hmm. but we have a relationship. Yeah. And they say yes, that I'm like, I feel like that's so much more punk rock, mm -hmm. <laughs> so much more DIY. It's like, I didn't go through this woman that you pay a bunch of money to, to set yeah. up your shit. And yeah. I don't know. I always like that a lot. Cause like <laughs> you and I both, like you said, you don't use publicists as much mm -hmm. anymore. I still use them quite a bit, but I also have my digital Rolodex of people that I'm still pulling from as yeah. well. Yeah. But I always like it better when it's, I set it up with the person. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's as many things to jump through. Like sometimes the publicist will like set it up and then you're hitting them up a week or two before like, Hey, are we still good? Like you yeah. haven't sent me the number for the person yet. Mm -hmm. I've had it where I've had it like the whole thing booked for a month and the day of the interview, they'll send me an email that says, Oh, sorry, he can't do it. And I'm like, I could have booked somebody else. Yeah. Like my time is kind of valuable, especially for something I don't make money at. Sure. You know? Sure. But they don't understand that. They don't understand it. They think you have like, where do you record? Like where, where's your studio? That's the I one thing too. One. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, or what days do you record? What day are they available? Some of the we'll bigger, some of the bigger publicists have, have said, okay to somebody. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, what part of LA are you in? Yeah. And I'm like, what time do they need I'm to be in there? Indiana. We're going to do it over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people still don't understand how DIY it really is. Yeah. And people inflate their numbers and try to make things seem better. I mean, you can look at the charts. You know what our numbers are. And yeah. you look where we're at on the charts, and you see people that are far below us on the charts that say their numbers are massive. Yeah. Like, you're just trying to get advertising. It's all right. <laughs> you know, I don't like, uh, yeah, I've never sugarcoated that with people if they ask. And like, I don't, I mean, I appreciate everything that I get through this fucking thing you know it's really cool and you know? i don't think some people understand we were just talking about this earlier like uh when you have a guest that you think is going to be huge but maybe they don't fit their fans don't fit that podcast demographic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it might be one of your smallest episodes yep exactly and because not everybody listens to podcasts so you could get i mean i don't know if you got i'm trying to think say you had bon, john bon jovi on your show yeah you'd probably get a lot of people because people that like bon jovi are probably within that 30 to 60 or whatever mm -hmm. the people that understand what podcasts are yeah if you got i mean let's say, say justin bieber you probably get a lot just because it's justin bieber but i feel like there are people that would be above him he might have more fans but a lot of his fans are younger because i i teach teenagers mm -hmm. and when i tell them to check out my podcast they're like what the hell's a podcast yeah. 
And then the older people are like, how do I watch your podcast? Mm -hmm. It's that mid-range, like our age, a little bit younger, a little bit older that's into the podcast, I think. Yeah. And if, if, if say you got Justin Bieber, you would get a lot of people if Justin Bieber posted it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. If he doesn't, you just have access to your crowd. And that's why the numbers stay pretty consistent because that's who knows what's happening. Do you ever get bummed out when you have somebody on your show and then they don't share it? No. I, I've because had. I feel weird sharing it if I'm on a show. Yeah. Because it's like, who cares if I, you know, well, they're I, the same way. Like, who cares if I, I'm not going to share it on my personal one because that's kind of an asshole thing to do. But I, I've had a couple of times where, like, I, I, I understand. I'm kind of like how you are with that. But I've had a couple of times where they've like said, Hey man, send me a link. I'll share it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm like, okay. Cause I never ask. Cause I figure if they're going to be on my show and they don't know me, they're yeah. coming on my show to expose themselves to new people. Mm -hmm. So why would they just spoon feed it to their fans already? Yeah. And people will find it if they're good anyway. But I've had a couple of times where people will be like, Oh man, send me a link, shoot me a link. And I mm -hmm. shoot them a link. And like two or three days later, I'm like, I don't want to text them and go, Hey, are you going <laughs> to share it? But it's also like, you fucking ask me for the link. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And But some people, they they get excited at the beginning and then they don't care. Sure. it's To me, it's my podcast. Yeah. And I do it every week. And it's it, it takes up a huge part of my life. To them, it's this thing they did a month ago. Yeah. And now they want to share it. But then, oh, they saw a squirrel. And then they, exactly. they, don't, they don't share it, you know? I went round and round with Lars for a minute uh, from Rancid because he was wanting to share it. And I'm up in a fuck like 30 feet up in a scissor lift, like working yeah. and I'm trying to send him these links and I sent it like one thing was wrong on it. And he's like, doesn't work, dude, doesn't work. And I'm like, <laughs> hold on a second. I'm on a lift. Like, give me a minute. Yeah. Give me a minute. And I sent it to him. He's like, got it. Got it. But we'd be going back like six different text messages. And, uh, it was just like, dude, this is hilarious. Like you're just not getting the message across. And he finally got it. And it went up and I was like, cool. But I had an issue with Lars when he was on my show too, because he, uh, he said, you want me to share it on my story or like a post? And I'm like, well, I'd like you to do both, mm -hmm. but do whatever you want. Yeah. And he did a story, but he like just said, check out TOTOT podcast, no tagging. Yeah. No, just no, straight up text. Yeah. Straight yeah. up text. And I was like, okay, cool. And I texted him back. I was like, is there any way like on Facebook or on Twitter or anything you could maybe put? our website or uh, something and he was totally great and he did oh it yeah he's a good person he's a good person i love that guy more than yeah. anything in the world it's just funny like i think of myself as fairly tech savvy mm -hmm. doing this has made me more social media savvy because yeah. i figured out the marketing and everything i need to do but i i always forget that not everybody is that way mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of people on the show not just like the the next generation rocker guys that are older than me or the guys below me yeah, that maybe don't understand that, Oh, I have to put the website in the post or, Oh, I have to tag the Instagram in the post. Cause yeah. the link is in the bio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this bullshit. Lars actually put the link in his bio for a week. He had mine in there I was like, too. Well, that was nice. Yeah, man. You have to do that. And then I went to Christine from Epitaph and I was like, yeah, I need to talk to so-and-so. Yeah. Lars is coming out and Matt Freeman. Or the, she's like, wait, what? I was like, cause I had asked her before, like to yeah. connect us and she wouldn't do it. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll go the other way. It worked. And <laughs> she's like, what do you mean they're coming on this week? And I was like, well, I did both of them. And she wouldn't respond. And it's not a thing to her, but she, uh, they had every once in a while going through the label is really hard as well. Yeah, so like yeah. I say, I, I just try to stick to, you know, I'll talk to someone and be like, Hey, who else do you think I should talk to? And like, man, who do you want to talk to? And I'm like, well, who do you know? 
so and so all right i'll send a message and then they already have someone they trust that says hey i had a good time doing this you should do yeah. it I'm like sure i'm home for a week oh, let's do it that's been happening quite a lot lately with mm-hmm. with my bookings is that i will get someone through a publicist mm-hmm. they'll say well they can only do 20 minutes we talk for an hour and a half mm-hmm. then that we was josh up or two and a half hours hell yeah minutes. Then we text all night about stuff because mm-hmm. we're still going on with what we talked about on the show. And then they're like, you should talk to so-and-so. And then I get like a group text with somebody that I had no idea I was going to talk to. But uh-huh. then it's like that that intro. like Because yeah. it's not just out of the blue. It's like someone that I'm friends with is vouching for this guy. Yeah, And that, that happens quite a bit. It didn't used to happen at first, but now it's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So with your uh, with your sponsors, we, both of our shows have sponsors. Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed recently you've had less mm-hmm. going on. Do you want sponsors? That's something you seek out. Do they they hit you up? Like, do you, do you, I like it when I have less, mm-hmm. but having more helps the show out a little bit more as far as like financially what you need for. Because, I mean, it does cost money to do podcasting. Yeah. So it's like, not much, though. I mean, not much, but I like having that that kind of happy medium. A couple sponsors. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple episodes where it's been really bogged down because I've just said yes to a bunch of people. Yeah. And I want to try to squash that sure. a little bit more. But I try to keep it. I, I've been enjoying not having to peddle anything to anybody. I mean, even if it's something cool, like I still feel like they're there for a reason. Yeah. and that's what I hated about talk radio is all the ads. And I really hated it when the the host did it because yeah. I was like, Fuck, man, I'm like, what am I listening to here? So it was cool to have sponsors for a while. And I was like, man, you know, it kind of legitimized things a little bit, but then I was thinking like, I just like just bringing it in. Hey, here's what's going on. Here's who I talked to, you know, check out the website, check out the socials. Uh, here it is. Yeah. You know, two minutes, three minutes. You're into the, what people actually want to hear. And then uh, I've had people say, "Hey, why don't you do longer intros?" I don't. I don't like to. Do I've had people intros. tell me and to do shorter intros. I've had people tell me to do shorter intros. <laughs> that it's a two-minute fucking intro. Yeah, mine and sometimes are like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's and but that's your style. Like yeah. I I say enough. I think on the episodes it, that the intro doesn't really matter. Like I'm just yeah. going to be rehashing what we talked about. Uh, on the in the interview which they're going to hear anyway and maybe if i say too much maybe they don't listen to the interview maybe they don't go all the way through it you know um you know i'll try to shout out whenever and and uh if someone throws something my way but then i'm also thinking like how important are these sponsors to me you know like do i really need people to purchase this or that or or you know like is it making the show better yeah, it's kind of what I asked myself. I'm like, it really isn't. So if I don't have any, I'm fine. Like I don't seek them out really anymore. Um, not to say I don't want to make money doing this. Yeah, but I don't. I don't need to make money doing this. You know, if my product is good, and it's people are enjoying it, and I'm enjoying it, it's great. If I'm not enjoying it, and people are enjoying it, I'm not going to do it just for them. Have like you, I have to enjoy myself. Have you ever had a sponsor hit you up that you weren't? into the product i was offered two grand to do an ad for a vape company (laughs) and i said absolutely not 
and what uh, if it you was fifteen hundred dollars, and I said no, and then they said two grand, and I said absolutely not. I'm not peddling that to my my people. What like, if you could have done the the copy like sarcastically? I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't even want to put that idea in people's heads. Uh, you know, that's something I take really seriously. Is is when you're a, when you're in radio or mainly podcasting because podcasting's yeah. long form you're doing stuff like like right now my kids are on the trampoline with the neighbor kids like screaming in the backyard right i could be out mowing the lawn listening to a podcast right now yeah. when that voice is in your head it gets into your subconscious and you start to trust that voice you know like i was like i was saying earlier sitting between two podcasters you know like it's fucking with me like being in the it's same room with you with me too <laughs> exactly but he hears both our shows and we're talking to each other it's a weird thing but you hear that voice and you start to trust what that voice says and that's why people can sell ads yeah but also you can make people do things they don't necessarily want to do and if i even brought up the term vaping you know or whatever juice this shit goes in there someone may be listening to this on a on a train or something and go to the store and they go home and try one out you know yeah and i didn't want to be a part of that so i said no and it felt weird saying no that's a good chunk of change that's a it's great chunk of change me, yeah you know? I mean, and, I've had a couple people, the the products are escaping my mind right now, but there were a few products that weren't bad, like vaping or something that I was like against, yeah. but it was like, why the fuck would that be on my show? Oh, me undies. They approached you. Yes. I'm wearing them right now. They are the best pair of, I will say this right now. They are the fucking best underwear. I've my wife and I have a subscription. Well, here's here's my thing, and I have nothing against them. And if anybody out there is listening, because someone must listen to, from there because yeah. they hit me up, uh -huh. and it was a very short correspondence. And and I'm not against the company at all. I and I'd love to have some free underwear, but I was like, man, I just don't want to sell people underwear. I would don't mind selling people socks. Uh -huh. <laughs> Dude, these are the greatest. I swear. Then I'm gonna have I to put rethink it, off it for so yeah. long. Because I was like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. there's no way they're as good as they're saying. Well, and if I hear, my wife if I got hear me Matt. a pair for Christmas, I put them on, and I was like, I am wearing nothing. Like, this, yeah. how, I've never had a pair of underwear that doesn't bunch up yeah. or roll down or whatever. It stays where it is, and it is comfortable. And I said, sign up for the subscription because this is great. I've reached out to them four times, and they have never gotten back to me. But well, they are. I have now. I think ten pairs, and it's all I wear. If my other underwear come up, I will just not shower that day and keep wearing what I have. <laughs> well, if I hear Matt Carter say "Meundies" like four Mayundies. more times, <laughs> <laughs> I hope Matt listens Woo! to this. He will send it to him. That's Mayund awesome. Meundies. Oh, dude, Matt and I go way back. It's been a long time. I wanted to try to get up to Seattle and see those guys. Yeah, it's been he's years. Got his little studio up there. It's crazy, man. But yeah, MeUndies, fucking, fucking buy them. Okay, I'll have to do now. that. So shout out to MeUndies. MeUndies, hashtag or fucking 50% off peer pleasure, whatever. <laughs> send, them a, send them a note. And uh, if you're wearing them right now, I could use some more. Have you 16 bucks a pair for members is still <laughs> fucking expensive. And I will pay it because it's fucking great. Have you ever bought a product because of an ad you heard on a podcast? Oh, man, that's a good one. I have, and I'm trying to remember what it was. I got some of that lion's mane mushroom tea because Jamie Jostin won't shut the fuck up. About oh, Jesus. It. <laughs> yeah. What was it? It was something on, uh, 
I did something on LegalZoom. Okay. Because of oh, Joe I did Rogan. Squarespace because and, of uh, uh, how how did this Squarespace. get made? Squarespace, yeah. The first website was Squarespace. I used Squarespace. Um, shit, what else was there? Was another product you got like forty percent off of? I never used it again, but I can't remember. There's been a couple times, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's on podcasts I would listen to a lot, and they just drilled it into me, and I'm finally like, okay, fifty percent off. I'll try it. Oh, on it, on it was the other one. I tried that. What is that? It's Joe Rogan's company, or he's invested in it. It's okay. O N N I T, and uh, as long as we're doing ads here, uh, <laughs> on it dot com uh, keyword Rogan for fifteen percent off your order. Um, ordered the mood uh, stuff. It's like this uh, B vitamin complex thing, and they let you if you if you don't like it, you send them back the empty bottle, and they'll refund your whole money. Wow. So I was like, there's nothing to lose here. And I tried it and it was cool, but I never bought it again. But uh, are you a CBD guy? I'm CBD to the point where I can still pass a drug test. Okay. As I work in construction. And I feel like up. CBD is like the highest sponsor <laughs> content on podcasts. That and uh, uh, Casper mattress. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a Casper. I do have a Stumptown mattress. Yeah, Stumptown, yeah, yeah. They were a sponsor for a while, and they're great. They're all I, I. They were like, yeah, we really don't have money to put an average on it. That's not. That's the other hard thing to explain is I don't want your money. I never want. I money. like your product. Yeah, I would love to try it out and talk about it, and that's what I did. And then I was like, after a while, I'm like, man, I'm really talking about mattresses a lot. Do people care? And people wrote in and were like, yeah, I'm gonna try this out. You know, but uh, I sleep sleep well on it still it's awesome it's one of the coolest things and then this uh yeah there's other stuff in the works uh we can talk about later but like the the um the stuff that comes your way through this is crazy and it's genuine i think that's why i like i was telling you i 136 episodes 98 percent of the people i've had on i still communicate with at least once a month text email whatever how you doing what's going on with this and that's just because we had a genuine interaction, just like, how'd you guys meet? Oh, we were on a train together, talked for, or on a flight. Yeah. Same fucking thing. It's not a, here's your day sheet. Here's who you're talking to. It becomes something more than that. Yeah. And that's what's, what's fucking awesome. Well, I would like to include you in a little bit of this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hand you my mic after I ask you a question. So I would like to, you know, you find yourself in a weird spot right now. <laughs> in a garage on a stool. A, a few days ago, you didn't know me. You didn't do, know Dewey. You had listened to a few of our episodes. So just for posterity and so the listeners know that this is a really cool story, I'd like you to kind of tell how you and I are even hanging out together, if you wouldn't mind. I will accept this microphone just to make it retroactively less awkward except that I've been Chris staring at you guys for the last <laughs> hour. <laughs> and I have to admit that um, I am an employee of MeUndies. I don't even live in Corvallis, Oregon. <laughs> they sent me to find you and bring you to Dewey. Um, no, I, uh, I think I found both of your podcasts through... Uh, just searching for Chris Conley from Saves the Day because um, those first three Saves the Day albums especially were huge, huge hugely important for me. Oh, and then, oh, yeah. and, and even more so now, I feel like he is like a guru of our generation, I think. And if this episode, you know, makes people search those out and listen to him, then this was all worth it for me. But um, 
Yeah, and so uh, I've only heard a few of yours, and and I've been listening to yours off and on. You know, if I know know mm-hmm. the people um, for the last year or two, and um, yeah. Oh, but so this just uh, this last Monday, you interviewed Josh Hagquist from The Beautiful Mistake, and um, I haven't spoken to him in fifteen years, but um, I'm I'm hoping to now that they're they're back together and they're going to be touring and hopefully when they come through the Northwest I'll get to see them and um, but yeah at the end of that episode you said you were going to be in Corvallis and I I did, I was listening to it that afternoon um, I thought I'll reach out and I'm glad I did so that's why we're here right now. <laughs> and I just want to say thanks because honestly, I'm on a family vacation with my mother. It's a birthday vacation because she had her birthday yesterday. She's 66. And uh, I I love my family and I figured I'd just be hanging out in Corvallis by myself for like a week. But I've made a great friend and you and I, I feel like we're super close friends, but I, it's just over text and shit. And yeah. now we actually yeah. get to see each other. And it's funny how that works. It's a cool thing. But yeah. uh well, I mean, I, I guess that's probably a good a place as any to kind of call it a close, sure. you know? I think we've talked about quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts or any questions or anything that you'd like to know about? Uh, I'm currently wearing the taco and hot sauce MeUndies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so fucking hit me up. No, uh, no podcasts keep coming out as I can do them. Uh, I every once in a while I take a week or two off without notice, which is, you know, whatever. But um yeah nothing nothing really final i mean this has been a good chat yeah it's been great i I think we covered a lot of really cool stuff that maybe hasn't been covered on either of our shows before too yeah and this will come out on both our shows so yeah crossover episode jabber jaw bros man (laughs) and i do want to tell i don't know i wanted to get your thoughts on it so this new kind of venture that i'm doing where i'm mixing and mastering Mm -hmm. and editing and doing whatever I, I didn't want Mike or anybody to get mad because I kind of motor mouth digital jabber jaw media. Uh-huh. <laughs> the alliteration I liked from jabber jaw. And I was yeah. sitting with my wife one night and my wife goes, you could just do motor mouth. No one would get mad. It's not the same thing. And I went, <laughs> you're right. So I did that. And I, I wonder, I want to get a hold of Mike and see if he even, what he would think of that. We can call him up right now. Maybe we'll call Mike up and see what's going on. I want to have Mike on the show. I know you've had Mike on yeah. the show. Yeah. I need to do that. Yeah. He was still going through his time though. So he was, yeah, he was all over the place. Yeah. Well, everybody out there, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of that one time on tour and pure pleasure podcast. This is a crossover episode. Dewey, thank you so much for being on the show. Mark, thank you so much as well. I feel like I've got a really good new friend and I love Oregon and who knows, maybe I'll end up moving out here at some point. Yeah. Always welcome. (laughs) Awesome. We will see you guys later. Thanks a lot. Peace. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris Swinney and myself from that one time on tour podcast uh, crossover episode. Congratulations to Chris. It's his number 100 and uh, cool to be a part of that uh, with him. I've been on the show once before and it was cool to get together in person, meet for the first time in person and then also do the podcast. So check out that one time on tour. Thank you so much for coming back week after week, guys. I want to say it one more time. I think uh, this stay at home thing is a good thing. We need to uh, do that. We need to stay home. A lot of people have been doing live streams and finding new ways to make money and to stay afloat during this time. I know a lot of people laid off or waiting on unemployment checks and you know no one was prepared for this. 
and it's no one's fault and we just need to get through this together it's going to make us stronger and like i said i think a lot of things are going to restructure so thank that person at the grocery store once a week when you go out and, and you know putting themselves on the front lines that's a big deal if you have healthcare workers in your family thank them as well and i say the same thing thank you to all of you guys who have been helping us get through this putting yourself in harm's way so we can get food get medical care and saving lives and people that have been getting sick from helping other people i mean what a sacrifice it's in, it's insane and so this is an unprecedented time guys and and we're really going to see what we're made of when we come out of this so keep your head up hit me up peerpleasurepod at gmail.com if you need to talk and uh as always guys we'll see you on the radio The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like the shadows. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.